Repeat. Right. Left. Forward bends with reaches. Reach. Right. Two. Three. Four. And change. And left. Two. Three. Four. That's it. And right. Speaking of change... It's very moving. Thank you for listening. Keep on listening. It's WCBN FM Ann Arbor. I wonder what will happen next. If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates, would I know to stay away? What's said If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates, would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe, that means I have half a mind to stay. It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Good evening. This is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture. And well, we're going to be in about 20 minutes stopping off for ice cream, but I'd like you to just I know, I know you're all excited. Just hold, hold, it'll be, it'll be great. You can wait, just, it'll be great ice cream, but just hold off for a second. First of all, we're going to get some really crunchy, fresh, delicious vegetables, and I'm not kidding. So we're going to talk about that in just a moment. We're going to talk to folks from the community farm of Ann Arbor. But in the meantime, let's get in the farm mood, shall we, with the little, little kinks? Oh, 
This world is big and wild and half insane. That's what I hear. So says Ray Davies. That's the Kinks and Animal Farm from their album, coincidentally titled The Village Green Preservation Society. It's all quite coincidental because we have some guests here from the Community Farm of Ann Arbor. And there have been a number of CSAs popping up in Ann Arbor and the area. It seems like in the last five years, a lot of them, a lot of folks growing their own stuff and then folks uh, paying for six months to 12 months of really fresh food that they get delivered to them or they pick up somewhere. But Community Farm of Ann Arbor has been doing it for over 25 years. So you would feel free to lean into that microphone and tell us who you are. (laughs) Thanks. And thanks for having us. Sure. Um, my name's Ann Elder, and I've been farming at the Community Farm of Ann Arbor for 22 years. <laughs> wow. Uh, my name is Kat Oshman, and I have been farming at the Community Farm for four years. Mm-hmm. Very good. And I'm Paul Bantle, and I've been learning how to farm <laughs> at the Community Farm of Ann Arbor from Ann Elder oh. for over 20 years. <laughs> Wonderful. Now, how did this all get started? Were you all doing something totally contrary and opposite and you got into this, or were you, were you doing this sort of thing already? How did, you, uh, how did this all happen? In the very beginning, the beginning of the farm or the beginning of us? Because uh, we weren't quite the beginning of the farm. Huh. Well, tell me, tell me where you come from and how you how you find yourself on a farm growing neat stuff. Well, um, I in my beginning of Ann Arbor time, I worked my way um, down the food chain from um, restaurants, working in restaurants in Ann Arbor, and then making tofu in Ann Arbor, and then making bread, and then making the vegetables that made the bread and the tofu and the food for the restaurants. So okay. it's been very lovely. <laughs> so you started with the restaurants, and then you got to work at a place that provided food for the restaurants, Correct. yeah? yes. Mm-hmm. That, was, that sounded exciting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. Now, the community farm is on South Fletcher Road. Where, where is that from here? Um, let's see. It's west of town. So... A nice rural road way to get out there is to go west on Sio Church, and you go about 15 miles, and then it's between Sio Church and the highway, I-94, on a beautiful dirt road. It's kind of in the middle of a lot of farmland. I mean, it's hard to imagine that that landscape is there where it is. Mm. It's just so lovely. Mm. So uh, talk a bit about the community farm. What's it all about? And uh mm. <laughs> well, Step right up. the farm is about a lot of things. It's about growing vegetables in a very, very pure way. We use a kind of farming practice called biodynamic agriculture, which is um, it's like organic agriculture in the way that it doesn't use pesticides and herbicides and fungicides and all those other sides that kill things. But it's a kind of farming that brings in life and love as the forces that make things grow. So it's kind of fun. We Mm. just have tons of love on our farm. (laughs) So what's an example of that? Say, you know, as you said, when you grow organically, no, uh, no pesticides and such, but biodynamic farming, what's an example of something you might do that's different? Well, a huge difference is, um, we have these beautiful cows Mm-hmm. that are cared for like you'd care for your own child in your home. They just live in a, a very 
a nice barn that's just cared for meticulously. Annie, even in the winter, uh, it just cracks me up. She'll take little pieces of cloth and fill in all the holes in the barn so that the cows will stay warmer through the winter. Mm-hmm. So it starts <clears throat> with like um, all our creatures on our farm are really well housed and they're fed really beautiful food um, that's not. It's also grown in a, a very righteous way. And then these animals all produce, um, you know, manure. So they eat this really good food. And then we take the bedding that they've been living in and we build these wonderful compost piles. And then over a couple of years' time, we return that to the soil that we grow the food on. So it's this really uh, at-home, complete cycle that supports the animals really well and then their relationship to the humans Mm. and to the soil. So it all happens on the farm. That's it. (laughs) You got it, Mike. Mm. It's it's about making it happen on the farm. And I'd I'd say probably a lot of farms do a lot of uh, trucking things in, trucking things out. Mm-hmm. But this sounds a lot more self-contained. Yes, exactly. And it's very beautiful because if you have a cycle of health, you're actually continuing to build health upon health and health. Or in our case, health and love and health and love and health and love. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and like uh, an example, today Kat was seeding, what did you seed? Broccoli. And what? And what's interesting to me is what it got seeded into, like in terms of the farm. Um, It got seeded into some very, very healthy soil. Mm -hmm. Um, We actually make our own soil mix on the farm, which is, I think, something that very few farms do these days. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really sort of starts at that level where we make the really healthy soil, seed things into that, and everything sort of gets this really wonderful start in in life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that means that even better vegetables are produced because of that. So are you using vegetables in the soil to produce better vegetables? Did I get that right? Yeah, you got it. (laughs) Yeah, well, basically everything that goes into the compost eventually winds up in some form or another in the soil. So it really is kind of this complete cycle. Mm -hmm. That's amazing, yeah. And Mike, she she was seeding into wooden flats, which is like unheard of these days. Mm -hmm. Um, They're real deep wooden flats that our members made and they're just, uh, mm. yeah, they're very special. Mm. Wow. And I, I, I could think of Ann Arbor being a place where people blend their own kinds of coffee. But I, I don't think I've heard uh, <laughs> blending soil. You know, I think. Yeah. yeah you, and you grow coffee in the soil or coffee beans. Well, maybe not in this climate, but to create your own soil, that's just, that's new and very interesting to me. It yeah. is, and it's lovely. And um, healthy soil is really a foundation of our farming. Because it starts there, you know, if you've got your healthy soil, you really do have healthy plants that make healthy people, and healthy people have healthy minds that make healthy choices, which would lead them to farming in a healthy fashion. And choosing to listen to this radio show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Very, very healthy listening to this radio show. People's ears get so healthy from this radio show. This is, this is a, a, a proven fact that I just now man- made up. But... Um, now, you have, uh, in spite of all these wonderful natural things, you also have a website, yeah. which will allow people who may not be able to get out there uh, to learn all about it and maybe get out there someday. And that is the, it's Community Farm of AA at WordPress.com. And you also have a Facebook page, right? 
Yes, we do. And the website and the Facebook page are really beautifully managed by one of our uh most loyal and longest term apprentices. Her name is Kristen. She posts beautiful photos up there and there's all sorts of updates about what we're growing and what we're doing. So it is a really nice way to get a little glimpse of our daily life. And I was looking uh, on the website and with for a very nice, long, appetizing list of produce that you're making this year. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, I should get an auctioneer to read this off. You know, yes. Yes. Joy, broccoli, cabbage, cantaloupe, cal- cauliflower, corn, eggplant, flour. You know, I mean, and it's and it's it's an alphabet of food yeah. I'm yeah. looking at. So yeah. you grow, I'm seeing dozens of kinds of things. Bok choy, I'll, I'll read it even more slowly than that now. But uh, bok choy, broccoli, Chinese cabbage, uh, I guess cabbage, which I guess is an American cabbage or? Yeah, there's a head cabbage and a Chinese cabbage. Okay. Brussels sprouts, beets, cantaloupe, cauliflower, corn, collards, carrots, cucumber, and we're just at the letter C. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a lot of stuff. I mean, you can skip down to turnip, tomato, wild greens, watermelon. And so you become, people can become a member mm-hmm. of the CSA, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can find out how at the website. And there's a certain fee. We don't actually mention the fee on the air, but what you do with that fee is you get, uh, is it six months or 12 months? How, how does that work? Well, um, we grow, as you just said, a lot of different vegetables. And our hope is that it would um, feed a family that eats a lot of vegetables and then also allows them to freeze or can vegetables throughout the year as they come up weekly so that at the end of the year, um, and they want to choose to eat locally, they can just pull from their freezer or their cans of goods that they've put up. And then the very end of November, we have what we call Grand Finale, which um, we give out a very large amount of vegetables, like over 40 pounds of squash to each share so that they can eat that fresh produce as well um, until... Well, hopefully it, they eat it all up before it goes funny. Right. And I guess you probably have to pay attention to certain months and certain times of the year. I'm looking at this long list, but I don't suppose all of them are all available at the same time like a like a generic supermarket. It's, it's... Yeah, that's really a big part of being in a CSA is that there's a progression, a natural progression of the vegetables relative to how our seasons unfold. So it's all about learning, you know, there's an intimacy with what the earth's giving through the seasons. And um, you just get regular with your diet and your cooking in your home. And as Annie said, putting food up. And the cool thing about our CSA is, one, we've produced a cookbook. And the second thing is that the members, because they pick up at the farm, they get to interact and talk about how can we use these veggies that we've never seen or... And that's a really neat thing right there where they're getting the vegetables. They're just talking about it, sharing recipes. And the cool thing is with all of that produce, people are bound to eat better. Um, Most people don't have that many vegetables all the time. And um, they'll tend to eat more vegetables when they join the farm. We've even had very large people become regular-sized people. (laughs) And they said that was because they ate all their vegetables. (laughs) Um, I just want to say that uh, we are now in the month of June, and I'm still working through vegetables that I put up last fall. So oh, wow. it really does last all the way up until the next season. Um, and just a note about the fee. Um, as you can tell by the list of vegetables, we're all about diversity on a variety of levels, lots of different vegetables, different kinds of people. Um, and so it is a sliding scale. So that is an option as well. well that's good to know. 
And again, the website one more time is communityfarmofaa at wordpress.com. And the Community Farm of Ann Arbor has a Facebook page. We're going to hear a little bit of music right now. Uh, This fellow on this recording needs a little bit of encouragement, I think, from people like you. And so we're going to ask for for that. And then we're going to talk about another initiative that you're doing that is also not as down-to-earth, but a very technological and yet could get people down-to-earth. Something like that. Does that work? Yeah. Yeah. So so this fellow from They Might Be Giants is on a piece of dirt, and he seems to have a bad attitude about it and probably needs a little encouragement. So let's uh, (laughs) let's see what we can do for him, okay? Let's hear this. Piece of dirt That is all I'm standing on today Piece of dirt The whole world has slipped away I would climb the highest mountain Just to jump into a fountain Or to fly Fly away. A woman's voice on the radio to convince you you're in love. A woman's voice on the telephone can convince you you're alone. But I set myself so long ago, they've revoked my. Content and happy on this ink spot where I stand. Piece of dirt that is all I'm standing on today. Piece of dirt, the whole world has slipped away. guy i'm telling you his thoughts about a piece of dirt well we can encourage him i think that pieces of dirt can can be very good don't you think good dirt is really <laughs> yes, good definitely <laughs> yes we're talking to the community farm of ann arbor and you're doing something technological in fact that will bring the things you've been talking about here for the last few minutes maybe to a wider group of people and start more conversations about csas and natural agriculture and biodynamic farming, you're going to do a Kickstarter campaign. So tell us about that. I understand that, that there is a, a food pun involved. Yes. That's important to me. Uh, it's, it's a great one. It's called Lettuce Turnip the Beet. All right. And um, the Kickstarter, uh, the goal is to be able to put on a concert in October. Um, so that's why we thought Let Us Turn Up the Beat was especially kind of appropriate. Yeah. Um, and Seth and May and Breathe Al Breathe are going to be playing at this concert. It's going to be held at the Ark on October 6th. Um, and so in order to make that happen, we decided to do a Kickstarter. So it's kind of like... Uh Putting up a digital farm in a way. Yeah, pretty much. And that's really sort of what it's become. You know, we had to make a video and we had to make a whole page. And um, 
to me, looking at our Kickstarter page, it looks like a portal to the farm that wow. you can almost enter it just from sitting at your computer. <laughs> cool. Almost. Yes. So now kickstarter.com is the website for the Kickstarter campaign. And it's called Lettuce, L-E-T-T-U-C-E, Lettuce, Turnip, The Beat. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, to tack on to what Kat was saying about it being a portal, it's like the amazing thing is we've been on the farm for years and years, and it's a portal for us. Mm. We are absolutely thrilled with this site. What, what it, how it characterizes the farm is just, it's very special. Mm. How the Kickstarter does or yeah. how you, so it's interesting to see that combination of down-to-earth and digital, the way that they can come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, been something that's evolved over, you know, throughout this whole process. Um, the digital technological aspect hasn't always been such a big part of the farm, but it's such a necessary thing these days. So it's almost been um, an opportunity for us to grow and evolve in this direction that we may not normally have, have done. Well, that is wonderful. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show. You know, time is flying, which is yeah. kind of amazing. Yeah. It's amazing how time flies. Well, we'll leave you with some strawberries that we picked from the farm. Okay. Let me hold them up to the microphone so we can all share them. <laughs> and now now I, I should mention there is a simpler website than the one I've been mentioning that you can also get to the Community Farm of Ann Arbor. Mm. Communityfarmofannarbor.org. I mean, communityfarmofaa.org. Yes. Yes. Communityfarmofaa.org. Thanks. And also you can find out on Kickstarter about their efforts to put on a show mm, called yeah. Let Us Turn Up the Beat in October. And then with the show, you'll educate people about CSAs and biodynamic farming and all of those things. Yep. Mm. And the overall goal is to put the culture back in agriculture. Sounds like a worthwhile <laughs> goal. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks for having us. Mike. Well, thank you thank so much you. for so being much. on the show. Oh, well, we're all going to stop for ice cream now. Does that sound good? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're going to, uh, let, me, let me wind up the show with a little dessert here. A few weeks ago, I spoke to Rob Hess on this show about his handmade bike-delivered ice cream out of Ypsilanti called Go Ice Cream. He was in the process of getting it all ready for prime time, and I can tell you that last Sunday he announced to the world that he's officially open for business, so congratulations, Rob. Meanwhile, homemade ice cream is bursting out all over, so duck, it's good though. I'd like to share a conversation with you I had yesterday. I was at the Ann Arbor Wednesday Evening Farmer's Market, and I had a chat with Ann Arbor's Margaret Shankler. She's got a thing called Hello Ice Cream. We sat in her vehicle, which made its Ann Arbor debut yesterday, and our conversation went... uh, a little something like this. What kind of vehicle are we sitting in? Uh, we're sitting in a 1965 International Harvester Metro van. It has a uh, streamlined sort of deco look, and um, I painted it a vintage green with little vintage pink accents to uh, be reminiscent of the period. And you got some pink hubcaps, I noticed. Yes, um, I had those painted specially, and um, you can actually get new ones made, and that's how I got them. Because I noticed it looks kind of like an H and another H with a little I spot on. Is that the Hello Ice Cream logo, or kind of the logo? Um, no, actually, that's uh, International Harvester. It's the brand of the truck, but um, works out that it says hi. So. Yes, it's H-I instead of I-H, depending right, on how right, you do it. Right, right, right. So what do you do with this truck here? 
Uh, this truck I bring to special events. I do catering, um, fairs, markets. Uh, I sell out of the truck and um, generally bring it to large events. In here, in here in Ann Arbor and in Detroit, in the Detroit area? Yeah, I'm supposed to bring it to Eastern Market uh, sometime this summer. It's not so easy to get there and they have to make some room for me. So, but that's on the schedule to try and do that. What kind of ice cream are you carrying at this moment and how do you make your ice cream? Um, today I have strawberry, pistachio, salted caramel, and um, something called Janduya, which is a chocolate hazelnut. It's kind of like a Nutella flavor. Uh, I Most of my recipes are gelato, which is uh, an Italian word for ice cream. And um, gelato is uh, just a little... Um, more creamy, more dense, um, and has less fat than regular ice cream. And it's served at a warmer temperature, so it's very smooth. And very dense, very full flavored. And what is the name of that chocolate ice cream again? Um, Janduya. Where'd that come from, do you know? Um, the, I think that's the Italian word for um, chocolate hazelnut. Oh, okay. I could be wrong, though. Almost sounds like John will do ya, or right. you know, something it's like that. It's spelled G-I-A-N-D-U-I-A. Oh, okay. I call this my encore career. I've <laughs> had a few other businesses, and I wanted to do one more before I retired. And I thought I'd like to have an ice cream truck. Um, I was just enamored with vintage ice cream trucks. And so it started there, and then after that I learned how to make ice cream. And I chose gelato because it's the type of ice cream I like the best. Well, what do, what's probably your favorite thing about having an ice cream truck and bringing it around? Uh, it's just really pretty. It's my totally my aesthetic. Um, people get really excited when they see it. Although when I drive it, I can't tell because I'm up so high I can't see anyone. But I'm told <laughs> that it stops traffic. Um, and it makes people smile. And um, that's one of the things I wanted to do for uh, my last business was to t have something that makes people happy. And is it fun to drive? It is really fun to drive. It's uh, It goes really slow. It tops out at 45, but I don't feel comfortable going more than 35. Uh, and it's just like a little putt-putt. Um, you feel like the um, the milkman in um, you know Beaver Cleaver. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Margaret Shanker and Hello Ice Cream. Sometimes bringing that ice cream and gelato in the 1965 International Harvester Metro van with the pink hubcaps. The van's name is Ingrid, she says, by the way, sometimes bringing it in an ice cream cart, though. Well, Hello Ice Cream is having a pop-up event at the Produce Station on State Street this Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., along with gelato and such. You'll have a chance to meet the 1965 van named Ingrid, too. So thank you again to the folks from the Ann Arbor Community Farm for coming along. And we're going to go out with a meditation on the ingredient that makes ice cream what it is, which is... Something that Tennessee Ernie Ford can tell us about, him and some very special friends on the farm. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike for a half hour. Next, it's Arwolf and Face the Music with more wonderful Fats Waller, I presume? Yes. Very good news. So this is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Let's go out with Tennessee Ernie Ford, and then we'll go back in again. The milk them in the morning, feed them, milk them in the evening blues. This old barnyard heifer's 
got me blue down to my shoes. I get up every morning for anything stirs. I get smacked with a tail full of cuckle birds. I got to milk them in the morning, feed them. Milk them in the evening blues. I got the milk them in the morning, feed them. Milk them in the evening blues. This old walleye jersey ain't worth the cut that she chews. I work hard all day a bringing in my crops. Then I have to milk you and you won't give nine drops. I got the milk them in the morning, feed them. Milk them in the evening blues. Tennessee Ernie Ford on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. 88.3 megahertz, exactly. We're the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement, experimental experiential radio run and operated by students at the University of Michigan with lots of community involvement. Good evening. My name is Arwolf. It's time for Face the Music and some Fats Waller. Let's begin with the Viper's Drag. It's about a, uh, not so much about a snake as a, uh, a person likes to get out the herbal cigarettes. Let's go. Mm-hmm. 